chapter 25. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You'd better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him into the wedding banquet. And the door was shut. Later the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning. Let us pray. Thank you, God, for this beautiful day. Help us to trust in you. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Well, imagine that you lived shortly after Jesus died and resurrected. Imagine you were one of the first Christians. And if you were alive at that time, what you were expecting was for Jesus to come back in a matter of days. And that was the message that was preached. Accept Jesus as Lord and Savior because he is coming back very soon. Well, days turned to weeks, weeks turned to months, and months turned to years. And then something happened that gave a sense of concern to those first Christians. People who believed in Jesus began to die, as we all do. And the new Christians were worried. What's going to happen to them? Because the whole expectation was that Jesus was going to come back and for those who had faith, they would live in the resurrected kingdom of God. So people were dying, and they were dead. They were, they were having to bury the bodies. And so in Thessalonica, the actual place, they wrote a letter to Paul, we believe, and said, Paul, what are we supposed to do with this? Some of our members are dying, and Jesus hasn't come back yet. And we're pretty sure that is the reason Paul wrote the letter to the Thessalonians, which we heard this morning from Ingrid. Thank you. And so, keeping that in mind, listen to what Paul is telling them. He says, For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will by no means precede those who have died. For the Lord himself, with a cry of command, with the archangels, all 
and the sound of the trumpet will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up in the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. In other words, this teaching from Paul was really the foundational teaching for Christians for how to think about not only death, but also the second coming. Like I mentioned last week about the rapture. This is where people who think about the rapture, this is one of the verses that is studied. So according to Paul, when we die, there is hope. That's what he wanted the Thessalonians to have. Have hope. Don't worry. When Jesus comes back, the first people that will meet him will be those who have died, says Paul. They will be resurrected. When Jesus comes back, everybody who has died will be resurrected like Jesus was on Easter Sunday. And they will go first, and then the living who haven't yet died will go with them. We will go, we will meet Jesus and escort him into earth. That is the biblical teaching of the rapture. It's not a leaving. It's not an escaping. It's a resurrecting and mar marching, walking Jesus to earth and the kingdom of heaven being here. The earth is good and the earth is God's forever home. This teaching sometimes comes as a surprise if you haven't studied Thessalonians for a while because what we tend to think of mostly when we think about death would be like the soul, right? The soul leaving and going to heaven. And the honest answer is we who haven't died don't know for sure exactly how it's going to work. But at least biblically, the emphasis is on a physical resurrection and on God's heaven being physical here on earth. And so that leads us to our gospel reading about the second coming of Jesus. What will it be like? And so Jesus gives us this parable of the ten bridesmaids and the groom to help us think about what the second coming of Jesus will be like. He says this towards the end of the parable, giving the warning, right? Of course, you heard the parable where there were ten. Five were foolish, five were wise. The five who were wise, what did they bring with them? They brought extra oil. The five who didn't, didn't. Okay? Now, the thing you've got to understand about this parable is if we were to contextualize this into today, we'd be talking about, say, an LED lantern. Right? If you were having an all-nighter party for a wedding, you wouldn't necessarily be burning oil. You'd have batteries. Okay, so if I have batteries for my flashlight, and it takes four double A's, and if my flashlight goes dead, can I put two new batteries in there and two dead batteries, and will it work? Yeah. It won't work. Okay, so when the five bridesmaids say no to the other five bridesmaids, they're not being selfish. They're not being selfish. That's important in this parable. They're saying, if we give you half our oil, 
none of our lamps are going to work. You can't turn on a flashlight with two dead batteries and two alive batteries. You either bring what you need or you don't have it, is what Jesus says. And so he says this. The ones that go and they get the oil and they're you know, too late, they knock on the door and they say, Lord, open to us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. It's a striking parable because Jesus says that some people might be excluded from the kingdom of heaven. It will be the people who were not prepared to receive Jesus when he comes. Faith is two things at the same time. Faith is being realistic that we might wait a very long time for Jesus. That is faith. And if you know you have to wait a very long time, you have to be prepared to live in this world with each other. That's faith. And faith is also not giving up hope that at any minute he could come back. Both of those at the same time is faith. Realistic preparation to live for thousands of more years together and at any moment Jesus could come. You know, the boss is coming. Everybody look busy, you know. So we ask ourselves, well, where's the grace in this parable? You know, if we're supposed to be saved by grace, it sounds a little bit like works righteousness. It's not, though. The grace is that God gives each and every one of us what we need. There is more than enough. God gives us spiritual gifts. God gives us material gifts. And these are all gifts of God. God has given us everything that we need. Not that we earned it or deserved it, but it's been given to us. Faith is taking those gifts and being good stewards of them. In our reading from Amos, Amos emphasizes the point that if we are expecting comfort and ease from the coming of God, we might be a little surprised. Amos says that the day of the Lord is darkness and not light, as if someone fled from a lion and was met by a bear. Or you go into the comfort of your own home and you get bitten by a snake. We think that if we perform religious rituals, we can earn God's favor. That's works righteousness. And to that, Amos says, interprets his vision from God. God says, I hate, I despise your festivals. I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. So if none of these things is what God wants, what does God want? Amos tells us, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. This is how we prepare for the coming of the Lord. Justice and righteousness, abundant, flowing down. They say El Nino's coming. El Nino, the storms, the rain, the water's going to come down Cucamonga Creek and fill up the ponds again. Let justice roll down like that water. How do we do that? 
Yesterday morning, I came to the church campus early in the morning because it was the Tour de Foothills. So I threw on my clothes and I came over here and sure enough, early in the morning, the parking lot was full of people. People on their bicycles, on their road bikes, their 10 speeds. They're, I think they're a lot more than 10 speeds now. And they had porta potties and they had beverages and they had energy food and there were volunteers and there were cyclists. And you know who I saw? I saw David Warner with his two daughters, Heidi and Annabelle. Lucas stayed home. And his mother-in-law was there, Marilyn. And they were waiting for Dan, David's father-in-law. And sure enough, Dan came riding up on his cycle. And the little girls had posters. And they said, yay, Grandpa, we're so proud of you. Do you think that made him feel good? He was the coolest guy in the whole race. And no soon was, was I done doing that than who came riding on their bike down 21st, ready to participate? Austin, with his mom, Amy. And Austin was practicing his Papa Wheelies. He's very good on the bicycle. And he wanted to get right in there and do the race. Amy said, maybe next year, Austin. Very good at the bike. As soon as that was over, I went home and I changed to get ready for the Veterans Day service and I came back to church and who was here? But Darlene and Ingrid, setting up the fellowship hall, putting out the food, setting up the tables for the concert. And then I had to hop in the car and head down Euclid, down to City Hall in Veterans Plaza, where Jim Thomas, Jim Thomas is a friend of our congregation, a leader of the Latter-day Saints. Jim asked me to come and pray, interfaith, working together. And many of you were there to support the veterans. Clinton and Michelle, new members of our church. Clinton, a veteran in the U.S. Marine Corps. Both Ingrid's were there. Jerry, Joyce, Loretta, Shannon. If I didn't see you, I apologize, but thank you for being there. And at the Veterans Day ceremony, we had our Speaker, our speaker, Sergeant Lance Henderson, who reminded us that Veterans Day isn't just about thanking veterans, but thanking their families, their families who support them and sacrifice while they serve and support them when they come home. And he said, don't just thank veterans, thank their families too. And to all the veterans this day, I want to say to you, we love you, we thank you, God loves you, and we need you here in our lives. So after that, I came back up here and we started getting ready for our own Veterans Day concert at the church. Carrie and Tatiana got here early. They were setting up, finishing up the setup in the fellowship hall. Tatiana was practicing her piano, and soon enough, people started coming in. You, members of the church, you brought your friends, you brought your neighbors, and we had a very nice crowd here listening to phenomenal music from Tatiana. It just was so beautiful. The pieces 
Each piece had this range of emotion in it. That no matter how you walked into that concert, if you were happy or if you were sad or if you were angry, you would have heard something in those songs that you would have connected to and they've carried you, they transcended you to another place. It was beautiful. And Pastor Scotty, retired Lutheran pastor and retired U.S. Army chaplain, gave us his testimony about baptizing young men and women who went into the military and then realized that they wanted to be baptized. He told a testimony about how he did confirmation to a young man in boot camp because he said, I never did my confirmation and now I want to do it. And Pastor Scotty said, I think you're going to be kind of busy doing boot camp. And this young man insisted and they did it. And he said, thank you for your donations, but more than donations, if you were here, you heard them. What do they need? More chaplains. They need more chaplains in the military. So we enjoyed wine and cheese, the best cranberry bread ever. You can't get cranberry bread that's better than what we have here from Darlene. Thank you. And again, the saints cleaned up, did the dishes, put away the chairs, and we all went on our way. And here we are again this morning, singing, praying, loving, and supporting each other. We are preparing and waiting for the coming of the Lord. What does it mean to let justice roll down like waters? Maybe it's just this. The saints of God gathering together, supporting each other, loving one another, and creating peace in the world. Amen. Please stand as you're able and we sing our hymn of the day.